This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator Merwin Sue, the TSO marketing director Felicia Canny, and we welcome back once more the Toledo Symphony's music director Alain Trudeau. As we begin the new year, we had a New Year's program, and now we are talking about Desert Island Discs. But before we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about a concert that's coming back up. Back to business. There are concerts again now that the new year has <laughs> passed. This is a program that's happening this weekend at the Paris Style, Friday and Saturday night at 8 o'clock. It's called Nordic Air, music of Sibelius and Grieg and Nielsen, conducted by Elaine Trudel. So, Elaine, why don't you... Tell us about it. Before we get to that, let me bring up your walk on music. Perfect this music for Nordic Air. Yeah. I really this wonder. A, I really like wonder. Dance onto stage, please. Yeah. What well, makes you think you want to see that? Yeah. Okay, Every Elaine. Concert. This should be televised right now because <laughs> Elaine is humoring us with the great dance. Yeah. Let, let's hear about Nordic Air, Elaine. Okay, so it's so funny to talk over that music yeah, about Sibelius. <laughs> yeah, just go like this. <laughs> I'll bring it way down. <laughs> okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll, you know, when you're yeah. not listening, I'll mix it back in. <laughs> go ahead and get okay. into it. Okay, yeah, well, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, we thought of doing a concert where we... Well, I really want to bring back a very special guest that we had, who was the soloist on the concert that actually um, was my, my audition for the orchestra, yeah. uh, the great uh, Augustin Adelich. And uh, he played the, the Dvorak with us. And it's, the Dvorak is not one of the most well-known concertos. And I, I thought, you have to come and play one of the top, you know, three concertos with us. And yeah. For yeah. me, my, well, it's kind of with the Beethoven concerto, the Sibelius concerto is my favorite violin concerto. And uh, I, I thought, you know, let's play this together. And we built something around it. And I thought it'd be nice to have something that's a suite that talks about a story that talk about nordic story so we said we're going to do Pierre Gint, uh and let's do the both suites so it's a it's it's a great way to have uh, introduction to nordic music for people who are not you know who don't yeah. who don't know it so well but the concerto is like a huge you know very serious music but at the same time something that people know already and Pierre Gent um, they will know a lot of it oh, but yeah. not the name yeah, <laughs> right. yeah so many uh, very famous little excerpts in the exactly in the, throughout those suites those Pierre Gint yeah. suites should be said actually written for a play yeah. uh, by Henrik Ibsen mm -hmm. of that name the incidental music so you have little bits and pieces like morning music and <laughs> You know, in the Hall of the Mountain King, we all know exactly. Right, yeah. And then you know, the morning music has been used uh, so much. <laughs> oh, see, he got fancy and you soulfish. That's the only way I get the right notes. Instead of making things up at the end. Watch out! I'm going to bring that walk on music up. Oh no! Oh no! Anyway, so yeah, so and you know, it's January. It's a, we have two choices. Either we try to bring people down south and and have a little uh, party warm, but once in a while it's good to uh, to own it. So we're yeah. embrace the cold. Embrace the cold. Yeah, well, embrace yeah. it. Yeah. I would say about so all these the Canadian. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, all these pieces have this sort of um, burning inner core. Sibelius's music has this all the time, but um, I, I think that it's a great program for January because as cold as it is, and as cold as it was for all these composers, um, there's a sort of of, um, 
burnished sound of, of warmth uh, coming from all of the pieces on this. Uh, and 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 uh, the, I mean the Nielsen might be the most interesting way to to finish the the program um, with four minutes of just great color and, and dance. Yeah. So it could be a lot of fun. And F- Finlandia can't can't say uh, enough Finlandia, about that. Of course. Yeah. Well, you you make me think Zach when you d- uh, describe it that way of like sitting by the fireplace yeah. while the snow's falling. <laughs> well, yeah, right? kind of that. Yeah. You know, that's so this kind is of the fireplace. Yeah. Well, and, we're not um, setting any fires we, uh, though in the Paris stuff. That, that's correct. That's correct. In case anybody's listening, um, yeah. but. Um, the 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 thing I remember about Augustine's playing was that um, it sounded to me like something that was was from an old LP. You know, there was a sort of yesteryear sound to it. This uh, Heifetz uh, kind of it sounded like there was there was just a an agelessness to it, mm-hmm. um, which was fine for the Dvorak. But I cannot wait to hear it in the Sibelius, which was kind of one of those discoveries. Heifetz, of course, um, premiered it a long time ago, but um, you know, it was one of his best re-recordings uh, with Chicago, and it was one of these uh, RCA uh, records that I'll never forget. It yeah. is not one of my Desert Island CDs, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this concert is happening again this weekend, January 11th and 12th, Friday and Saturday, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Paris Style. Nordic Air is the name of it. Alain Trudel conducting with violinist Augustin Harlich. And Musica Sibelius, as we mentioned, also the Pierre Gent Suites by Grieg and the Aladdin March of Carl Nielsen. 419-246-8000 is the box office number, or you can visit them online at ToledoSymphony.com. So our subject for the rest of the podcast today was actually brought up by Alain Trudel. We were talking about different things we'd like to do, and you mentioned you really wanted to do a Desert Island Discs kind of program, so we'll be interested to hear what your uh, choices are. Desert Island Discs, as you may or may not know, is is still a BBC radio Mm -hmm. program. It's been on since the 1940s, and the idea is that people choose, I think, eight different recordings that they would take with them. They're kinder really, it's than a lot you are. Of music. Yeah, <laughs> you made us choose five. I know, and, and you <laughs> impossible. And, the exchange yeah. rate is pretty bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're on the verge of Brexit. So, <laughs> oh, Brexit jokes. Yeah. Oh. So you know, we, we're downsizing here. But so I asked you to choose five, and, and some of us chose just songs instead of entire albums. I must. I might have misread the email. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I chose songs too, so that's fine. And the other thing that they do on the BBC program is they let you take a book with you, and they also let you take a luxury item. So basically, their version of, of desert island living is, is pretty, you know, nice. It's not bad at all, <laughs> right? It's not like Gilligan's Island where you have to build a, a a car out of, you know, thatch leaves and things like that and coconuts. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I clap for myself. Before we get into all that, we, we've however. We've given you way too much power. <laughs> I have a quiz for you all. This is called Speaking the, of way too much power. The, <laughs> I like how Brad Questwell just became the Will Shorts of WGTE. When did this happen? Exactly. <laughs> That's why I mean, he enjoys it. Look at him. He loves a quiz. it. <laughs> a quiz for every episode. That's how we do it now. So this is called the Desert Island Dessert Quiz. Okay? Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Yeah. Uh, uh, here is the idea. You are a castaway on a desert island when a box washes ashore with the following ingredients. You have to tell me what classic dessert you can make. Ooh. So this is like I've done a lot of baking, so I need to. No, we, we also have to assume that an oven and some kitchenware washed up on shore as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 
maybe a refrigerator, you know, a couple of cappuccino machine, something like that. I mean, you know, we're doing much better than the BBC at this point. Maybe a so, phone to order in. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get a little music up. This is some happy kitchen music. I love it. I want to change my desert island destination. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, kitchen island. Get it? (laughs) Okay, here's your first first dessert. This is a molasses crumb cake baked in a pie crust. The primary ingredients of the filling are molasses, flour, brown, sugar, egg, and water. Anybody have an idea? This is actually kind of a hard one. It's a kind of pie, actually. Is it a mud pie? No, close. <laughs> is it a molasses? <laughs> it has a, the name of an insect in it. I know oh, it's not grasshopper pie, pie, is it? No, not no. quite. Turtle pie? No, that's <laughs> turtles are not. Oh yes, <laughs> I already forgot what you said. <laughs> Please edit that out. <laughs> Maybe it's tiny turtle pie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other guesses? Okay, that's shoe fly pie. Oh, okay. An apple pan dowdy. This is a type of cookie made with butter or oil, sugar, and flour, and rolled in cinnamon sugar. Sometimes they use eggs as well. Sometimes cream of tartar and baking soda to leaven the dough. It's characterized by a cracked surface, can be crisp or soft depending on the Ginger ingredients snaps. used. Very close. Not quite. Think of a funny, weird, nonsense name for a Snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. That's it. There Snickerdoodle. Uh, okay. Off by a 30-second note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, this one. In a slow tempo. I was going to say, what was the tempo? <laughs> <laughs> this one has vanilla ice cream and a sauce made from butter, brown sugar, cinnamon, dark rum, and banana liqueur. There's also bananas in this dessert. Bananas, bananas foster. foster. That's right. Wow, you guys must eat a lot to know all these things. <laughs> Says yeah. the baker. Come on, Felicia. I only bake cookies. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies. I bet you get this one. This is a confection commonly made through binding a crisp rice cereal together using a combination of butter or margarine and melted oh. marshmallows. Come on, Felicia. Felicia. I was stuck on the rice cereal. Rice cereal. What's a treat that has rice cereal in it? Well, I don't know. Rice Krispies treat? Oh, there yeah. you go. Square. <laughs> I kept yeah. thinking of baby food. Fun right? fact. Anyone? You know, that was a Anyone? traditional thing. People were making that, and it became so popular that Kellogg's finally got on the bandwagon and decided to make their own Rice Krispie treats. Not until 1995 did they actually wow. do that, though. So you can buy them in the store pre-made, but they're much better when Felicia makes them. And, you know, they're so complicated to make. It makes sense that you'd buy them yeah. pre-made. Why not? Sarcasm translates really well on the radio, I yeah. think. <laughs> So if you could... Oh, gosh, the timing you, you, <laughs> all of this. Maybe you could take the Rice Krispies treat and then, you know, mash it up and make your own Rice Krispies treat out of a bunch of... Former Rice, Rice Krispies Krispie treats. Treat. How meta. Yeah, that would be really great. great. <laughs> you know, I just remembered I had a friend who said he listened to an episode and his uh, podcasting system was uh, playing in the um, 1.5 time speed. So he got to listen to the entire episode in like 20 minutes. Oh, and I'm thinking that might actually be really valuable right now. <laughs> to get through this fast. I think there's something weird about your math with that. Yeah. It was five times speed. A 29-minute show times five. 1.5. Yeah. Are we 1. trying 5. to do math? Let's just... yeah. Yes, musicians and math. <laughs> this is the, well, the rejected podcast title. <laughs> we, we're going to rename it the Merwin Effect. Anyway. 
So I think uh, Merlin, I think did it's you a tie. Win? I think I think Zach and I tied on this one. Yeah! But I read brain or uh, brain. <laughs> you all right over there? I'm you, she read Brad's brain and said, all she can do is laugh. <laughs> exactly. So if we tie, does that mean we get to go out and get some cookies? Cookie. Did you bake some cookies? Oh, cookies. Did That's you bring cookies? cookies? In the car. Okay, oh, really? perfect. That's good enough. Okay, go we'll be them. right back. <laughs> After these messages. Exactly. Okay, now we're going to dive. We're going to take a deep dive into your musical psyches here with cool. your, your Desert Island disc selections, right? <laughs> I asked each of you to give five. And uh, we're going to start with Zach. Zach gave me five different excerpts. You also said, Zach, that you, you really do not appreciate the, this exercise. No, this, I, I actually, I had a friend once say to me, can you, um, can you make me 10 CDs that I can't live without from your perspective? Because uh, he said he wanted to know more about music, not just classical music. So I said, hey, that's a great idea. And then I spent the next month stressing out over the assignment because I couldn't just t- choose 10. Yeah. Um, and then somebody else heard about that and a couple years later asked for the same thing and, and uh, a couple new entrants had, had arrived so I had to figure out whom to boot out. Uh, so basically when you said five, that's just punishing. So I got it down to seven and then I just had to unfairly kick out two of my favorites and uh, get down to five. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not so much choosing your, your favorite pieces of music. It could be utilitarian. It could be like the longest piece of music or something that <laughs> oh, would yes, serve that you well. Oh, yes, that was my strategy for I, a while. I also have that covered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I do of see course. some Mahler on here. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's an excerpt from uh, the first one that you have on your list. Yeah. This is Viola's Hilary Hahn from her first... Her, album. Her, her debut album, in fact. Yeah. Uh, I think she was maybe 14 when she recorded yeah, this. Yeah, um, She had performed with Toledo Symphony, and I was really quite enchanted that this uh, wonderful young violinist stood in on a moment's notice to do the Beethoven Concerto um, in place of Rostropovich, who was going to do the Dvorak Concerto. There's Dvorak again. Um, and uh, the, the CD came out shortly thereafter. And it's not typical Bach, but mm-hmm. for a 14-year-old to really put her fingerprints on Bach as well as she did, uh, the sonatas and partitas were just amazing. And now, uh, many years later, she's come back to finish the repertoire with the rest of the sonatas and partitas that weren't yeah. on that first album. But I just love it. It's it's something that takes me somewhere. It uh, helps me to think when I really need to focus on something. It's It's uh, been a good CD for me. You've also got uh, Gustav Mahler's Symphony Number no. 3 here mm-hmm. directed by Ben Zander. I'm curious mm-hmm. why you chose this particular recording. So this is my favorite Mahler symphony. Um, Xander is my favorite Mahlerian uh, as a conductor, because I haven't heard Alain Trudel's Mahler yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a, just a fantastically recorded cycle. They started it with Telarc Records, and now Lynn Records has picked it up. Um, the recordings are, are really well done, and uh, he chooses some interesting tempi at various points, but I feel like he really captures the soul of, of that symphony. Yeah. Little Frank Sinatra. I know you love Frank Sinatra. Duke Ellington as well. And Beethoven, Piano Concerto Number 5. You know, we're going to make a, a Spotify playlist of all this stuff so that people can, can take a listen if they so choose. Mahler Third made my honorable mentions. I yeah. couldn't quite get into my top five. So um, I purposely right did not include Mahler. Because you figure that somebody else might. Yeah. Yes. Well, if we're yeah. all on the same desert island together, okay. might yes. as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> that is my and, list. And see, and, and Felicia came back to me and she's like, well, what if I'm with my family on the island? Or what if I'm with Toledo Symphony Lab people? Or what if I'm by myself? So she came up with five for each of those. If you're stranded with your family on an island. Did I pick the right one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Tell us what this is. Okay, now you can fade it down. 
<laughs> well, the title of this song is What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. It is oh. a, the epitome of breakup songs. However, I would just, you know, drive that title home to the kids and the family and say, you can do this and power through this. So the this is Kelly Clarkson? Yeah. Kelly yes. Clarkson meets Kelly Frederick Clarkson, Nietzsche. Okay. Kind of yes. <laughs> Interesting. Quite the metamorphosis. Interesting. <laughs> And then you have some other stuff here. I won't give up by whoever that it, is. <laughs> I won't give up. One Life Jason, Beautiful. Yeah, Jura Jason Mraz. Yes. Right. Symphony Number no. 2 by Brahms. It's like one of these things does not fit with the others. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you have The Moldau by Smetna. That's a good piece. <laughs> now, if you were stranded with Toledo Symphony Lab people, we have that lovely Symphony Number no. 9. I'm, I'm sure this is the movement you were thinking of, right? Going oh, home. of course. Yeah. Because that's the very first thing you would want to do if you were stranded with Toledo Symphony Lab people is to go home. I can just hear Felicia that... now. Guys, did anyone happen to bring an English horn? <laughs> is that what you were thinking? Going home? Get up and get me out of here? Yeah. No, it's more like away. the beginning How of the... How big is this island and where can I go? It's more like the beginning yeah. of the last movement, which sounds like the Jaws music. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you have a little Celine Dion on this playlist, too. That's uh. good. Yes, if I'm going to be stuck on this island with all of you, I I need to you know entertain myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would play it and then watch your reaction. Why yeah. would you need entertainment if you were stuck with all of us? No comment. I'm hoping that Elaine would bring his trombone. It's like you know the luxury item. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't cover <laughs> that. Then you could just play for us the whole time if we're stranded together just think of that uh alain you also chose Mahler symphony number nine i've got just a little bit of an excerpt here i think this is from the fourth movement yeah yeah and this is a recording with berlin philharmonic and barbaroli yes in the 1960s where is this coming from for you berlin for me (laughs) For me, uh, like what you're playing right now, the fourth movement of that, if you tell me I have one choice, that's what I would pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is... Uh, It'll be a happy island. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, you know, uh, it's always a bittersweet, right, in, in that symphony. And it's the ninth, and Mahler is not ready to go. He's still a young man. He's like 50 when he wrote this. I mean, and uh, well, he dies a year and a half later, but... Um, it's about being because I thought a lot about the concept of desert island being stuck alone on a desert island. So mm. you you want things that reminiscence of humanity and what's beautiful in humanity, and also about you know your personal self. I mean, and my choices are that. And even if you were thinking about a book, also you have to think about something that will. How could I say? For me, it's it's very bizarre. Mahler is very very that that kind of music, especially that form, is very comforting in one way, and in another way, it's very sad, right? Because he's not ready to go, but he he knows he's going. Yeah. So if you're stuck there, you're there. You know that's the way it is. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you're not uh, you're not having a life an inner life at the same time. Anyway, so it's it's very deep music for me. It's a it's very important symphony in my my life also. Well, you have a very eclectic uh, list here. You've also got Bach Cantata yes. One Ninety Nine. Which Cantata is that, or do you know? That's it's? well. It's one of the it's one of the most um, how could I say human uh, yeah. of the cantatas. Not necessarily. It goes to the divine as as always. 
and the and the cantadas. But it's at the written at, at the first person, and it's not something you're um, you're witnessing. It's something you're living with the at the first person. Yeah. And it's uh, I mean it's very dramatic. The, the name is called My Heart Swims in Blood, but that's not. <laughs> no, I know it's. Oh. Uh, I know wow. it's. Uh, no, no, it's dramatic. But what th- is th- that was the one that Brad cra- crossed off of the uh, pastry quiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, what's interesting? Strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting about it is that it's a human experience uh, towards, um, like you know, it starts with man um, in the general sense, uh, the, the sins, and it moves through throughout the the different steps going tr- towards transfiguration. And uh, I don't know, it really touched me. It's my favorite cantatas yeah. of all of the cantatas. I know I don't know all of them, but th- that's a very important one also. I'm, I'm not really seeing any happy music on here. You've also I, got Leningrad of Shostakovich. <laughs> You've got the Kinder Totenlieder or the oh, you know the oh. songs about the death of children by Mahler on here. And then you've got John Coltrane. <laughs> Coltrane, yeah. I guess Coltrane is sort of like the, the peppy happy music for you, huh? I don't know. I would put Naima <laughs> from Coltrane on that album yeah. i i don't know i mean if if you're stuck i mean re- really i i took this uh this little challenge because a big challenge not only to bring a few things and this is the kind of music also you meant you mentioned shostakovich basically it's just because i like it so much it doesn't yeah. you know it's not because of uh, necessarily the the human experience and i mean it's tremendous also but i it's really i love shostakovich and that piece has something special it also also has a special meaning it's one of the first symphonies i played when i was a teenager and uh, just uh-huh. something very special uh the Mahler uh songs of the wayfarer i know it's it's sounds a little bit sad it's about being alone again um i don't know i guess musicians are loners sometimes yeah. and and coltrane is because of, for me it's uh, it's my first love it's my yeah. one of my very very favorite musicians all different styles uh, of music too. Well, i'm kind of sad now thinking about poor elaine trapped on the <laughs> desert island with his mahler and his <laughs> dead children and the <laughs> Wayfarers and all that. I, I do applaud you for having two Mahler selections, though. Oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, now we're going to cheer things up a little bit with Merwin's uh, first selection here. Oh, really? This- <laughs> Just kidding. This is uh, the top of your five, Beethoven's String Quartet, Opus 135, the second movement. <laughs> third movement, actually. <laughs> or third movement. The third movement, uh, which is, you know, really peppy, happy music. Let's listen to it just a little bit. That'll definitely keep you going. (laughs) That and coconut milk. (laughs) Wow. I think one of the things, this is Beethoven's last completed opus. um, And I think um, one of the things that's, there's kind of mythology about this piece. Um, In front of the last movement, he wrote this question, Muses Sein, and then answered it, S Muses Sein. And he does that musically. Um, So must it be, and it must be. And the idea, like the idea of, hey, this is music about is the end coming? The end is near. I must accept this. Or was this about I have to write this extra quartet to get this commission and I need to make, make sure I get enough money for it? You know, and I think the great thing about this quartet is it really could be both. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very um, there. It deals with these weighty philosophical questions, but. This Beethoven adagio to me is the greatest of all adagios. Um, 
It's just incredibly simple. You could not take a note out of it. You couldn't add a note to it. And actually, um, to me, it's the symphonic, like a few years later, a few hundred years later, I think the Mahler third adagio is mm. almost a dead ringer for mm. this movement up a semitone, same exact melodic contour. And I love both of those pieces so yeah. much. Um, this is the one piece that I think this would be my my single piece. Again, you don't have really cheery music on here, although actually, the, I do. The Mendelssohn Octet. Yeah, I was going to say very, the very happy Mendelssohn piece. Octet. You have, yeah. You also very have uh, Bach, the solo sonatas and partitas. Yeah. You, you chose Rachel Podger, the mm-hmm. violinist yeah. for that. The violin concerto number one of Shostakovich, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. that recording of Oistrakh. Kind of that combination of you know, it's all in a way. Um, Alain's list and mine are very congruent. It's the Shostakoviches music that I love so much, one of my favorite composers, and the first concerto I was ever able, able to play with orchestra. So, yeah. also a teenage memory. And the Messiaen Quartet for the End of Time, which which has such a yeah. heartfelt, tragic kind of story to it, the, the genesis of the piece. Absolutely. I think that, you know, when if you're, if you're trying to find a way to feel good about being on a desert island, listening to music <laughs> that was written in a concentration yeah. camp would be a good start. You, you feel better <laughs> about your situation. But you also realize just how amazingly well a Messiaen was able to transcend that situation and create music that he really firmly believed transcended time itself and i think when you're on a desert island you'll have a lot of time and i, felt, I figured that messiaen would be a great way to transcend it a little it represents hope and, yeah, exactly uh, yeah. and then it'll be over and you won't know what to do <laughs> inspirational yeah well uh i have a few selections here and and one of the first ones i chose kind of fits into all this except it's not quite as uh i would say high level uh, it doesn't operate on as high a level as Mahler or Beethoven or Bach, for that instance. I was thinking of Max Richter and, and a piece that he wrote that's been heard a lot mm-hmm. uh, in a few different movies and has taken on sort of a life of his own. It's called On the Nature of Daylight. Mm-hmm. Do you know this piece? Very simple. And it has a cyclical nature to it. You can just listen to it over and over again, which I usually do while I'm doing yard work or something (laughs) like that. Yard work, oh. But, you know, (laughs) yard work kind of like on the same level as Desert Island Living, perhaps. That's And also the Vivaldi recomposed. I love what he did with that. But I would also put Sibelius uh, Symphony Number no. 7 up there, back to Sibelius again. I love Symphony Number no. 7 and the, the way that it sort of keeps you in suspense, a suspended moment. It's basically one long unresolved cadence mm-hmm. until the very end. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear a lot of DNA in Max Richter's music mm-hmm. that comes from Sibelius. And then moving back in that direction, I would also choose the soundtrack to Interstellar, which I think is a complete Sibelius ripoff. <laughs> 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 and and it's done in sort of a, um, you know, a pop fashion, which is like listening to Hooked on Sibelius. I like it. <laughs> Hooked on Sibelius. Yeah. And, and then the one other piece that I had here, see if you recognize this one. I think this would be essential on a desert island. <laughs> <laughs> So that would become the earworm. Yeah. That would probably send me sideways. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want to finish out the podcast by each of us selecting who we're going to be if we were casting uh, Gilligan's Island. 
I would nominate Merwin for Gilligan, actually. I, I'm, I'm I, so professor. I, feel, I would be the professor. professor. Yeah. You think you'd be the professor? I think that we got... Well, I'm the skipper, obviously. <laughs> I would go along with that, yeah. 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 I'll be Marianne. Be Mar- I wanted to be Marianne. <laughs> Nobody wants Ginger? What I'll about you? Ginger. Like, <laughs> You're like, I'll take her. So we don't have a Gilligan, is what we're saying. <laughs> no. Oh, I think right. we all decided <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that about does it. Again, we want to remind you the uh, Nordic Air Concert is this weekend, January 11th and 12th, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Paris Style, Friday and Saturday. More information at 419-246-8000 or ToledoSymphony.com. Elaine Trudell is conducting. Thank you, Elaine, for joining us. Also, thanks to Zach Vassar, Felicia Canny, and Merwin Sue. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.